Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 14 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us coming up on today's show. Going to be joined by NASCAR team owner and former driver Jimmy Means is set to stop by. We'll talk to Jimmy about his career, both as an owner and a driver and an owner driver, and find out all the insights from Jimmy and what he's up to nowadays with his team in the Xfinity Series. All that and more coming up in just a bit. David Starr joins us as always. David, let's jump right to it, man. An eventful Xfinity race on Saturday <laughs> and an interesting finish involving you of no, you and Noah Gregson. Let's walk through that situation. Tell us what happened. Well, man, just uh, first of all, we uh, you know, when the race started, I started dead last and uh, our points were not really, the 13 car doesn't really have a lot of points and we started dead last and uh, <laughs> You know, it's always a fun race track to race at, but turns one and two was pretty good for me. But three and four, three and four, the center of the corner, my car was super tight. So uh, as the cautions come out uh, and the stages hit us, we, we really worked on the car to get it to roll the center better. And uh, man, they made some good adjustments. And man, I, we just got fortunate that our our car turned out to really drive well. It had good speed, and uh, man, we was able just to kind of pick them off one at a time and had a had a good race going, you know, we adjusted on the car, trying to free it up, free it up as the race went on. And it was, uh, I believe everybody's tight in the middle of three and four. Uh, it is, you just don't want to be as tight as everybody else. So my car was really good. And, uh, man, we got down to the end and, uh, man, I remember saying, Hey, there's 10 laps to go. And, and I don't remember, they said you're in 13th or 12th. I don't remember where I was. I was just trying to catch the guy in front of me, which I wasn't going to catch because he, uh, he was ways out there in front of me, but I was just trying to hit my marks and uh, trying to keep what I had, you know, and uh, hoping the caution wasn't going to come out. But uh, coming off, there was like three laps to go. I came off turn two, going down the back straightaway, and my spotter was telling me that, uh, hey, the leader's coming. He's coming pretty quick. And uh, about halfway down the back straightaway, I could feel something in the right front, like a tire was coming apart or something broke, you know, steering wheel started shaking a little bit. And, uh, and I figured my spotter saying, Hey, the leader's coming really fast. I, I really turned out into turn three, got off the gas really. And I was making sure that I gave the leader the top lane. Cause I knew the leader, she, we all been running on the top side. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, he wasn't there, but when I turned down into turn three, the right front tire came apart. And it put me in the wall. This car just took a right, and man, I hit the wall. And then I don't know. It seemed like it was five seconds later, you know. Then I got creamed in the back, and uh, I never really knew it was uh, it was the leader. But uh, but man, unfortunately for him, and unfortunately for us, uh, it was the leader, you know. And, and, and he, he was taken out, and uh, and man, it, it ended our day. We uh, obviously the toe was messed up, a frame was bent, some stuff like that. But uh, Anyway, just kind of, you know, that's just, you know, what I tell everybody. It's just racing, you know what I mean? It's just uh, right front tire didn't stay, didn't stay together for us. Just came up a little short. But, man, it would have been it would have been a nice – I didn't know this, and Jimmy was there. Jimmy, Jimmy had a car in the race, and he might have known this. But me as a driver out there, I didn't know that. But I guess a lot of the leaders was questionable whether they were going to make it or not. You know what I mean? And I, I think uh, after the fact, when the race was over with, we were – they said we were one of five cars that had enough fuel to go to the end, you know. So, uh, 
you know, you never know how it's going to play out. You know what I mean? And you don't want to see a caution and hell, you're the caution. You know what I'm saying? But man, unfortunately, unfortunately, it just happens. It's just racing. But man, you know, to, to start did last and uh, kind of our first race together, uh, you know, it was going pretty good. It didn't end like we wanted it to, but uh, it was a shame. And then, uh, you know, I felt bad for the, you know, Noah, you know what I mean? Guy had a nine-second lead or eight-second lead, whatever the heck it was, you know. And, man, why he ran into me, you know, I don't know. I feel bad for him. We had a little bit of a meeting man helm, you know, <laughs> if that's what you want to call it. But, uh, you know, I was like, man, you know, I said, man, I, if I could, you know, I, I sure in the heck didn't want you to wreck. I didn't want to wreck. I mean, hell, I was, you know, I was having a uh, – we were having a, a – you know, it's not often that us small teams, you know, like, you know, Carl Long's team or Jimmy Means team or a lot of the other teams that, you know, we, our budgets are very small. And, and when you have a chance to run in the top 15, man, it just, it's almost like a win for us, you know, and to finish 12th or you know, maybe have an opportunity if somebody ran out of gas to finish in the top 10, that would have been big for, for us teams that, that, you know, that are, that are not your big powerhouse teams, you know, and, and but anyway, it's just it's just racing, and it's just a shame that it turned out that way. But it, it does, it happens. And then, uh, you know, everybody heard all the shenanigans after the fact. You know what I mean? So it was crazy, but uh, it was a fun race. I really enjoyed it. We'll bring in Dominic Aragon from the RacingExperts.com in just a moment. But I want to ask you, David. You mentioned that you two had a little bit of a conversation. We know what he said in the television interview. That doesn't need to be repeated. Is there any carryover from this? I know that you guys, you know you know, have, you, you say it's just racing and such, um, but we, we know about rivalries. We know about feuds, just the history of this sport. Does, do you move on from this on to next week or is there any holdover of some sorts? How do you go about moving on from this? Man, you know, Noah Grayson, he's a, a great race car driver. And man, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. We're not in the league of Noah Grayson drives for Dale Earnhardt Jr. You know, we, if we're on the same laugh as those guys, I mean, that's unusual. You know what I mean? They're, they're that good. They're, you know, they operate on, you know, it, it's night and day budget. You know what I mean? The engineering, the technology, the, the, the engines, just everything, you know, they, they're supposed to be winning races, you know? And, uh, but man, from, from my part, my team, Hey man, you just got to move on and, and go race. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I, I hope to be on the same lap with him and, and trying to race with him, but, you know, I can assure you that we're not even in the same zip code, you know. I mean, they're just that good and have that much funding behind them. Uh, you know, obviously, I was the last lap, uh, last car on the lead lap when he when, when my tire came apart and he ran into me. But, you know, there's there's no grudge. Uh, you you got to move on and go race. We Us as a small team, I mean, I, again, we were just fortunate to be on that same lap as he was, unfortunately – that incident happened. It's just racing, but there's no grudge from my part, man. You just got to keep, you just got to move on. So, yeah. Dominic, uh, we'll bring you in here. Anything you want to add uh, as far as looking back on Saturday goes with David? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's no secret that you and I were pulling for our guy, David. Right. We, with David. Great so we, have, a, we have a little bit of a horse in the race, we right? The I TV mean, time he got from double A and uh, Eric Almarola. Oh, yeah. That was great. Absolutely. The little plugs there for Whataburger and, and the, the analyst having a fun time with that. Absolutely. But no, I, I thought it was a great race. Dave had a good run going and, and certainly the, the finish got a little altered there. But like David said, that's racing. Racing is racing. But 
man, it was it was a good race to certainly watch from home. Haven't been to Homestead in a couple of years, and just watching the race on TV. I mean, certainly nice to watch from the comfort of your own home, but definitely wish we were there for that one. Yeah, yeah, certainly so. And Myatt Snyder gets the victory. David Myatt, uh, we know about his dad, Marty, uh, longtime pit reporter for NBC. Uh, pretty cool to see Myatt uh, end up in getting that, uh, that trophy at the end of the night. Absolutely. I, it's always, you know, it's, it seems like there's a lot of first-time winners, you know, uh, starting in 2021, you know. So, uh, he deserved it. He's He runs good, and, uh, you know, he's a great little driver, and, uh, you know, I was happy for him. So, good for good for him, you know, and uh, it was just – it was a great race, man. It was a lot of fun, you know, and, uh, I mean, I just – God, it was a fun race. You know, it was awesome, you know, and, and the start did last, and to have such a great car like I had was just really cool, you know. Cool. Oh, absolutely. David, it was cool seeing a cloth through the field. And, hey, we got to give a quick shout-out, too. We know Josh Carpenter, he's been having the Let's Go Racing with David Starr logos on his paint scheme in the Galaxy Cup Series that races in iRacing. And, guys, he took the checkered flag at Homestead's Miami Speedway over the weekend. If you're watching the YouTube version, you're seeing right now the B-roll and the photos of some of that from the race, and Josh put on a clinic from what we can tell. So, man, Josh, you made the team here really, really proud of that win. That's Congratu cool. Congratulations, man. So cool. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, time to bring in Jimmy Means, our guests on this week's show. And, uh, David, you and Jimmy go back a ways. Jimmy's been involved in this sport for a long time. Before we officially bring him in, why don't you take a second to introduce him and tell us about Jimmy Means. Well, man, you know, as a wanting to be race car driver, you know, growing up and, and uh, watching it on TV and being a fan of it, you know, I always, always cheered for the Alka-Sauce for number 52, Jimmy Means car. You know, he was always there. You know, they, they gave him a lot of plugs on TV back then. And you read about him and, you know, Mr. Independent doing it all on his own. And, and uh, you know, it was kind of cool that, you know, that you uh, – that you would uh, – seen racing on TV all those years growing up and, and, and wanting to be like him. And then, you know, as you, as everything progresses and you make it to NASCAR and you meet the guy, the next thing you know, you're driving for him. I mean, that's, it's kind of, sometimes you peach, you got to peach yourself. It's like, man, can't believe this is, uh, this is happening. But Jimmy's an awesome guy, great race car driver. And man, he's, uh, he's been doing this. I don't know how many years, maybe 40, 50 years. He, he'll have to tell us, but Hey, Jimmy, welcome, buddy. Thank you for having me. Well, man, it's a, it's an honor, man. We we have this podcast, and uh, it's pretty cool. But uh, it's an honor that you would join us, and uh, man, you got a lot of race fans out there. And uh, man, I just uh, man, just thinking about you, and I, I was able to drive for you for two years. That was kind of a lot of fun, and heard a lot of your stories. You know, why don't, why don't you share with us how did how did Jimmy Means be? How did all this even start? Was your dad involved in racing? I mean, how old were you? Was there an uncle? You know, how did you even get interested in stock car racing? Well, you know, growing up, uh, you know, uh, we're typical, you know, American family. We didn't have a whole lot. Actually, my, my, my family never had a car until I was 20 years old. So, you know, I grew up, uh, got a paper route at 12 years old and uh, kept that a couple of years and happened to uh, collect on a paper route. One evening it was raining and the people invited me into their house to, uh, you know, to stand out of the rain when I collected all my paper, paper out. And there was a Huntsville Speedway program on their night, uh, on their coffee table. So I said, you might not look at that. So I looked at it and it was from Huntsville Speedway and it was 
So this looks pretty interesting. And from when I was 14 years old until today, I've, that's what I wanted to do. And it's amazing, man, a, a freaking paper route at 12 years old out there working, throwing papers and uh, go from throwing papers at 12 to end up a, a NASCAR race car driver for as long as you did. That's, that's amazing. So, uh, so you, that was, you said Huntsville Speedway, Jimmy, where was it? Yeah, that, yeah Huntsville Speedway. That's my start. Uh, that's where you started. So how, how were you? I remember you sharing a story with me that when you started racing that you couldn't even use your real name because your mom didn't want you to race something like that, or you didn't have a driver's uh, license or <laughs> no, no, actually, you know, when I started, I was 20 back then. That's, that was young. You know, you right. have these guys, that, you know, driving go-cars and starting racing. It's 14 and 15. Sure. But I, I told my mom, I said, I'm going to build a race car. She said, no, you're not. So I said, you know, I said, okay, didn't argue. And the next thing she knew, I was racing the Huntsville Speedway. My sister told on me. So, <laughs> but uh, she never said a word about, you know, and then she always encouraged me and, and stood behind me. So it wasn't uh, anything that uh, that she was concerned about the safety and stuff, but uh, she, she let me do it. That's amazing, uh, man. 20, 20 years old and, and your mom, you didn't tell her and your sister sitting in the stands and told your, told your mom that her big brother was out there racing. Well, we were – Little brother, I'm the baby. Okay, little brother, all right. I'm the baby. That's pretty but, cool. Uh, back in the day there at Tunstall Speedway, they had a lot of following because, you know, early days like there's not a whole lot going on. And the local newspaper really supported Tunstall Speedway. Ronnie White was the, was the main writer, and he was the reason that, uh, uh, you know, kept Tunstall Speedway going. He kept it in the news, and we were really a, a fan of stock car races. So, the, you know, the racers were in the paper three or four times a week. So your name got put out there where you won or lost or whatever. So, you know, people reading the sports, they're going to see your name. So I, yeah, I didn't know right. this. That, that's amazing. I, I, I remember, uh, you know, I, I think you're a track champion there. I don't know, two or three times. And I remember you telling me a story that you would have won the championship there or did, but, you you went and raced at Nashville, went and raced somewhere, and and you messed a weekend there, so it you wasn't the champion. What what year were you the champion there? Well, I think that well actually it was uh, I believe it was '74. This happened. We were leading it. We ran Huntsville on Thursday night, Birmingham, Alabama on Friday night, and Nashville, Tennessee on Saturday night. The fairgrounds, and wow. we were leading. We were leading a course of, through the season. We were leading all three racetracks at the same time. All, so you lead the championship at all three racetracks. Same time. And we, a, uh, we won, we won uh, uh, I believe it was, we won Huntsville. And we're, our main competition at Birmingham was Neil Bonnet. Wow. <laughs> so That's pretty cool. Neil Bonnet. Yep. I wound, wound up finishing second to him two years in a row. But what happened at, at Birmingham, reason we didn't win that one or had a chance to win it, it rained the race out on Friday night. And I said, dang, I'm in a dilemma. I said, we're leading at all three racetracks, and we got to go to Nashville tomorrow night. But they scheduled the race for, for Saturday night at Birmingham. And I did the, I did the math, and uh, Nashville paid the track champion $100 extra every, every race <laughs> if you're the previous champion. I said, well, I got a chance to win all three, but Nashville is going to pay me another $100 if I win it. So we went to Nashville instead of Birmingham, and I don't know, I don't remember the math where that cost me that championship or not because Neil was awful tough. But we did go to Nashville, and he wound up winning the championship. So we won, we won two other three. 
That's amazing, man. And, and it's kind of cool, but the the rain cost you a rain cost you maybe three championships that year. So you it's got two out of three. It's a possibility. I mean, it really didn't do the math. We didn't have you know the the, the stats that we keep up with today. Right. But I'd like to think maybe I could have won all three. That's that's amazing, man. I mean, that's kind of unheard of to race on Thursday night, you know, and and, and Friday night and Saturday night, man. That's that was a lot of racing. And and uh, how far was those places from each other, Jimmy? Within three or four hundred miles? I mean, that's no, no, no. We were in, we were in the perfect spot. Huntsville, Alabama, was halfway in between Birmingham and halfway in between Nashville. So okay. Birmingham on Friday night and then come back home. It was a hundred miles north to Birmingham. Then we'd come back home. And it's up 65, Interstate 65 to Birmingham, would come back home. Then it was uh, up 65 to Nashville, 100 miles. So we were just perfect spot for running those three racetracks. Jimmy, what kind of what kind of car did you have back then? What 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 year was it? Chevelle? Yeah, in the sportsman days, it was Chevelle's early days of 55, 57 Chevrolets. Man, that's but amazing. But people don't realize the technology. You think we've come so far with these cup cars, Infinity cars. But in, in all actuality, that front clip we run in today is, is designed off a 64 Chevelle front clip. So still, we're still using that technology from 1964 yeah, today. Same, yes. I mean, it's the same geometry, or it's the steering box location and stuff like that, and the drag length, and the lower A-frames. You, you could put a 64 Chevelle front clip on these race cars, and they would drive just like these cars that's amazing. Unbelievable. That's pretty cool. And uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, were you considered part of the Alabama game, Donnie Allison and Bobby Allison, Neil Bonnet, Red Farmer? You were part of that, you were part of that group, wasn't you? Yeah, back in the day we were in the 90s. And, and, but uh, after the fact, you know, Bobby and Donnie and Neil kind of got together and they made them the exclusive Alabama game. So they, <laughs> they kind of – they, what's the word? They, uh, 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 they, there's a word when you, anyway, they, what do you call it? I can't think of it. But anyway, they, they're the only three of the Alabama game. Okay. And, uh, so, man, I got to ask you, and I know these guys, everybody's probably dying to know, how did you get the nickname Smut? <laughs> Where well, did that come from? You really don't want to know. <laughs> I think we want to know. I, I think we want to know after that. <laughs> uh, I mean, now no, seriously though, uh, like I said, I started you know working on these things before we ever drove them, and uh, when when I was learning what what to do on the cars, how, how to do motors and stuff, Smokey Unique back in the day had a it had a book out on how to a, a blueprint a, a small block Chevy. So, you know, I read that thing front to back, back to front, whatever, and I could quote anything in that book. And uh, my guys that I were, were helping on their late model cars, they said, well, you'll never be a Smokey. You, we're going to call you Smut. So, <laughs> and I was Smut before Smut was derogatory. So I was a clean Smut. <laughs> so you, I, take, I was, you take no offense to being called Smut then? Uh, I, I hear that every now and then from my old, old, old timers and, I kind of like it. I mean, I didn't – when I went to Winston Cup Racing, Bobby Allison knew me as Smut from the short track days. And when wow. I went to Winston Cup Racing, he was one of the first – I because I didn't have it on my car or anything back then in, in the cup side. But he called me Smut around the racetrack, and it kind of stuck. Ken Squire would introduce me and say, Jimmy, Smut means. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty – that's 
That's a cool nickname, though. Um, unbelievable. Yeah. But if, if you if you uh, look up Smud in the dictionary, it's not Jimmy Smud means. <laughs> I'm sure I'm, Urban Dictionary is going to have its own definition for what it is. If you look it up on the internet, nobody looks in the dictionary anymore. But the internet's not a not a cool thing to be smut. So no, I, and I hear you. Well, it's it, it's cool to be Jimmy Smut means though. That's pretty cool. So Jimmy, you uh, so you're winning the championships. I mean, you're one of the top dogs at these short tracks uh, in Birmingham, Nashville, and Huntsville. And uh, how how did how did you know when you're racing at that level i mean did you want to go nascar cup racing was that a dream a goal or, or did it just kind of how did all that how did that happen well it just kind of progressed you know you get a, you know you get better and you get better and you, you naturally you want to try to make that next step but what pushed me to that was the there was a guy in birmingham alabama that had a a, a, a roll cage kid and a rearing housing that he bought for, for a local Birmingham driver that he thought didn't really want to pursue racing. Like, you know, I, I made a pretty good name for myself in Birmingham, been out right. of town. I hit the heck the first time I weighed there, I raced there, I probably weighed 115 pounds. Wow. And I had a following. And, and uh, this guy, uh, I, I regret I can't remember his name, but it has been 40 years ago. But, uh, he offered me those, those pieces. If you'll build a Winston Cup car, all we, or not Winston Cup, then it was Winston Cup, wasn't it? But, uh, but you know, you can have these parts. And, and then I said, so I got the parts. But also, what pushed me to go and to try the Cup was we were leading the points. The next year after I won it in '74, we were leading the points at Nashville again uh, with four races to go on the schedule. I stripped my spur gears, and the local guy took the lead of the points. And I was the first person to ever win it from out of state. I guess they didn't want to see me win that again, but they had four more races on the schedule. They never ran them four races. They never ran yeah. those four races. No. Wow. So they didn't want an out-of-towner winning at Nashville Speedway then, right? Second time in a row. So I know, <laughs> I know they knew what they did because they sent me the $400 for those four races that they didn't oh. run. Wow, that was pretty cool, but they didn't award you the championship. No, they I didn't have a championship because they didn't run another race. They, yeah. they explained to me that they had uh, uh, some kind of truck jump or something there, and they had put dirt on the racetrack, and they couldn't get it cleaned up. Bull crap on that. But anyway, <laughs> that said, well, I'm going you know, to try something else, so I went to cut. Unbelievable, man. You, uh, Man, I, I don't know how many years you ran cub, but, man, you had a long – long career at, at, at the, you know, the, the biggest stage of auto racing that anybody could, you know, that's the ultimate dream for, I mean, every race car driver in the world or especially in the United States to race uh, like you raced. And uh, it's kind of interesting that you were an independent as long as you, you know, you built your own race cars, you drove the hauler, you raced that long, and I don't really know that many. End of, I know there was a lot more independents back then that did it, but I don't think they did it as long as you. You did it the longest, and uh, I think you're probably the most successful at it out of all those guys. Well, I don't think we did it the longest, but, you know, I read a, I saw a paper the other day, which was a Winston Cup scene, what they had back in the day, which was, they, you know, they covered all aspects of, of Winston Cup racing, you know, independents and, and all that, and, and, and the big guys as well. But uh, they had a, a piece that in there about the independence and the 
they mentioned me as one of the most successful independent racers. So uh, that, that kind of made me proud. I didn't remember that, that they published that back then. But, you know, we worked hard at it. And uh, we had, we, we've had some success. We, we didn't win, win races, but I, I did something I loved for 19 years. And, you know, we got to go, uh, got to go to the White House. We got to uh, go to the Georgia mansion when the uh, governor's mansion, when Jimmy Carter was running for president. So we got to do a lot of cool things, you know, being associated with, with Winston Cup racing. And, I, you know, uh, wouldn't change anything about it. So, man, you went to the White House. Yeah. That was, yeah, it was during the meeting. Unfortunately, uh, uh, Jimmy wasn't there. Jimmy Carter wasn't there because of the Camp David meeting. But uh, Rosen was there, and uh, Willie was there playing. And uh, I like to say we smoked. Uh, we, we smoked weed <laughs> as long, but we didn't. <laughs> Willie Nelson was there. Wow, yeah, it was the entertainment. So yeah, it was cool. You know, we had. Uh, I think my youngest daughter Lori was. She was. She was in her mother's womb and uh, i think we took the now we couldn't take my son but uh right it was, cool. it was cool man that's that's pretty cool man dude guys y'all ever been to the white house <laughs> dominic's yeah. been to the white house have yes, you i've been twice i've been very fortunate blessed and honored to be able to go cover both times president donald trump was what's it called awarding and and just re recognizing the nascar cup series champion so in 2018 in may of that year we had like a five days notice to be able to get our clearance and i mean white house clearance is crazy and to book the tickets and that sort of thing but we were on the south lawn and they had the 78 car furniture row racing they had a lot of distinguished right. guests from furniture row racing that year a lot of people with nascar and then the following year they honored joey logano for his 2018 championship and they did the same thing car on the south lawn they had sure. the media on risers have some really cool photos i'll make sure to throw some photos up here on the youtube version of the podcast that was a lot of fun that was so cool uh, to be there in the press room see where the press room briefings take place it's certainly an experience i'm never going to get absolutely man so jimmy i wanted to go back to ask you man you had a, a such a famous car that people still talk about today because it was so pretty and uh you know, I still see uh, autograph cards and just see a lot of memorabilia of your Alcra saucer. How did how did all that come about? How did you get that kind? Of, that was a, that was a big time sponsor back then. Well, I actually had a guy that came to me. You know, we had some success with uh, in the late eighties. We ran pretty well a few races, and we got the opportunity to drive that Rick Hendricks car in '87 that that uh, Boulder's car, and got a lot of recognition from that and. Uh, we were fortunate from that, you know, the race didn't turn out well for us, but we got some recognition and we got some interest from other people. We were fortunate that we had uh, got a couple of sponsors before the Alpha Seltzer. We had the uh, Turtle Wax, then we had uh, Eureka Vacuum Cleaners. Wow. wow. Uh, but uh, the guy that got me the, both of those early sponsors, uh, we were in Daytona and he showed up, my, up at my room and never met him before. And I think I've talked to him on the phone, but he knocked on my door in my room it's like 10 o'clock at night and this guy looked through the people i said i don't know this guy so I <laughs> the door. but uh, so i didn't but the next morning he came to the racetrack here i said i got a check for you for fifty thousand dollars from turtle wax so that's where it started and he uh uh he went on to get me the the Rico sponsorship that year in eight i think it was 87 and he came up with uh he's the one that got the uh uh Alpha sponsorship for 89 90 and 91. So it, it, that was good. And uh, my son, when he was 14, designed that 
that that logo and the, the, the paint scheme on that race car. Brad did. Brad did, yeah. That's amazing. I never knew that. That's pretty cool. Man, it's, I, I can assure you that I've never had somebody knock on my door at the hotel at a racetrack to bring me a sponsor. Dude, that's, that just don't happen. You know what I mean? And, uh, that's cool. That, I mean, really, I mean, I've never heard, I, I've never heard that happening. That's amazing, you know? And then you just mentioned something, you know, to, you said you didn't have a lot of success, but how can somebody that doesn't have a lot of success get a phone call from Rick Hendricks and get to drive for Rick Hendricks? So I guess what, I, what I'm trying to say is you got to be a pretty damn good driver to, to have Rick Hendricks come to you and say, hey, man, you want to drive the famous Fosiers race car? Man, that's, that's amazing. How did all that come to be? Well, that was 87. We, had to, we ran some uh, prior to Charlotte. We had a a few really good runs, had a real good run at Richmond. We led some laps and had a real good run at Dover. Uh, I think we uh, knocked Dale Earn out of first round of qualifying at Dover. Wow. And then, like I said, we had some really good wow. runs. And uh, uh, the, the phone rang one day. I've told this story before, but the phone rang one day, and it was Jimmy Johnson, a different Jimmy Johnson. But, you know, their team uh, uh, the, the manager for uh, – Hendricks was, I think he's fast, fast on now. Right. But he called right. and said, said, this is Jimmy Johnson with Hendricks Motorsports. We'd like to talk to you about running the Rick Hendricks 25 car, folders folder car at Charlotte. I hung up the phone. <laughs> you hung up on him? That's awesome. I might just play with it. So phone rang again. And then, you know, it's, uh, hey, this is Jimmy Johnson. I said, hung up again. Called back the third time. He said, don't hang up, don't. This is really it, Jimmy Johnson. So, so you hung up on him twice. Yeah, because I thought somebody was <laughs> pranking me. So, but then finally, and uh, I said, "Yeah, that'd be pretty cool." And you know, so we went and had a conversation, and uh, I said, "Here's the deal." I said, "I would love to drive it, but the only way I'll drive it if you'll put 52 on the car," and they did because That's 25, a- uh, 25, just keep my owner points up and all that. And the, it, it, they wasn't, the 25 car wasn't running all the races, so it didn't hurt them to run the 52. So they, well, they, they didn't have anything lose point-wise. Right. That's a pretty cool story, man. It's not every day that you get a phone call from Hendrick Motorsports, man. That's pretty awesome. And uh, y'all were in Richmond, Jimmy. Was that where, or Charlotte? Where'd you run it at, Charlotte? Charlotte. Okay. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, how- we, Unfortunately, we, we wound up in a wreck, not of our doing, but it took out like five or ten cars, something like that. But then my day was over short, you know, really short. But uh, very disappointing. That's that's still pretty cool, man. I mean, that's – that's somebody called me. It was from Hendrick Motorsport. I'd probably hang up, too. Somebody's doing a prank on me, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's – those types of phone calls, I mean, this is just – dreams come true really but uh that's pretty cool y'all and uh i guess you have a good relationship still with rick today after all these years yeah i'm gonna tell you a quick story that uh rick called me one day it's been three or four years ago maybe five uh and we hadn't probably talked since 87 you know we might have you know meeting passing and stuff but i got a phone call one night and i said i'm sitting here at dinner with my cousin uh john hendrix he said, I just wondered if you uh, knew him. I said, or remember. I said, no. He said, well, he went to school with you at Butler High School in Hustle, Alabama. And that was during the time when, uh, you know, out of high school, he was a year earlier than me. 
so I was out I was out of high school and you know I went uh, straight to racing and we right. had some nice and we're not going to talk about Ronnie White really supporting a local paper I'm guessing that you know with us being in the paper all the time for you know racing those three racetracks and stuff that he that he you know kept up with me what was going on and uh, so you know he said well I just wanted to know if you remembered him and I said, well, no, I'm sorry, I can't. I don't remember him. But uh, at the end of the conversation, Rick said, was there anything you can, I can do for you? Let me know. So, uh, and, I, and I studied on that for quite a while. What did that mean, <laughs> if I can do anything for you? So, uh, you know, we're still, you know, we're, we're, we're running Spinach Series and, you know, the money's tight and all that. So I got the nerve to call him. And I still got, I've got his number in my phone, which I'm pretty proud of that. Right. And then I can, you know. I don't appeal uh, that privilege, but to have that, but uh, right. I got the nerve to call him one. Day. I said, "Rick said uh, I need some some parts to build a couple of engines. I don't want them for free, you know. I, I just didn't have the, the the connection with any of the motor guys to get a foot in the door to get these pieces. Sure, so, yeah. I, I need to uh, to buy pieces. I want to build two, you know, RO seven engines, which we were giving, you know, we were running SV twos at the time, so we wanted to you know, step up and make our program better." He said, well, I said, I said, no problem. I said, uh, just give me a list, you know, gave me a person's name to call. So give me a list of what you need. And then, uh, so, you know, I, I did that and I got all the parts rounded up and I said, you know, what, what, what I owe you? He said, nothing. Wow. So, and I didn't tell him, I said, I need everything to build motors, but I didn't tell him, I didn't tell him that I needed blocks because I didn't right. want to be that greedy. Sure. So, and I go, you know, I got a connection now with the parts people. So I go to the parts people. I say, I need two blocks. And they say, okay, you know, there's so-and-so and so-and-so, but you get the Kenny Schrader discount, which means <laughs> I pay the Hendrix. So I get 30 off of whatever it costs, which I didn't know that. I'd have been doing it years before. But anyway, uh, I, I put the numbers, you know, whatever the blocks were, I put them on a credit card, you know. And uh, the next day, the, the phone rang from the parts guy said, uh, Mr. H didn't want you paying for those blocks either. He's giving them to you. Wow. So That's the man, a pretty... The man in that position to know what's going on in our organization, that's amazing to me, that he knows all the little things, what's going on. Absolutely. But, it, I mean, it just – you got to feel proud. I mean, you know, to have Rick Hendricks, obviously the – you know, the – I mean, he's – you know, I, Rick Hendricks in our sport today is just, you know, it's – he's the man, you know, and uh, to have him recognize you and call you on the phone and ask you if you knew his brother and then, you know, cousin. Okay. All right. But it's not every day that Rick Hendricks could let people know, Hey man, there's anything I can do for you. Let me know. I mean, that's, that's, that's a big deal, you know, and be able to call him up and then uh, be able to buy parts and pieces from him, man. That's, that's, that, that just, uh, it's got to make you feel proud of what's obviously if, it just goes to show you that the career you had and the name you have and what you accomplished, man, that's, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, pretty rewarding right there. Let me throw this in there. Do you know who John Hendricks is? What he went uh, on to do? No, sir. He formed the discovery channel. Wow. Really? Yes. And you went to school with him and that's Rick's yeah. cousin. Yep. Wow. And the, and the reason, let me, let me go for a little bit back with this story. It, Rick said he hadn't been in contact with his cousin for maybe a few months because after the Civil War, 
one of the one of the uh, grandfathers changed their last name from Hendrix to a Hend. One of them had an S, and one of them didn't have an S. So that's the reason they got they, they kind of lost touch with one another. But then through wow. I guess with all this you know technology and the, you know, the internet, they found out that they were they were kin. That's amazing, Jimmy. And did hey Jimmy did did did. Did he end up bringing? Do I remember right, or I remember wrong? Was Discovery Channel uh, on a, somebody's race car? Were they a sponsor in our sport? I don't remember. To be honest, I don't remember. Okay. They sponsored before. Uh, I can't did? recall off the top of my head, but they've been involved in the sport before. Well, wow, that's that's pretty awesome, man. Wow, that's to have that relationship with Rick Hendrick. That's 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 pretty amazing, unbelievable. So another name that comes to mind too, Jimmy, is uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. You and him go back a ways. Uh, tell us about your relationship with Dale. Well, I don't know. I don't really. You know, we've uh, really to, to know how that progressed. You know, and have to have the falling from him that uh, he does back for me in in my career. Uh, other than the fact that we had a little, we we. we Took time to, to you know to talk to him and spend some time with him, and I think uh, that uh, Dale Dale Senior brought him down to my uh, to my holler one one day and uh, said, "Here's this is Jimmy Means," and because uh, he, he he had already taken a liking to me and mentioned me around his dad and stuff, and and my son and and Junior got to be really good buddies, and uh, uh, and actually they, they still are today. So, but for, for Junior to to uh, you know, and he'll still say it today that I was one of his heroes growing up, you know, behind his dad. But uh, I remember that deal we had uh, that race at uh, Charlotte in 87 that uh, he was up in Dale's condo. And uh, when we got in that wreck, he cried that I was that early. That's how much he was pulling for me and, and, and wanting good things to happen for me. Man, that's, that's amazing, Jimmy. Unbelievable. I want to ask you a little more about Dale Jr. Uh, did you once tell me that y'all were at a race somewhere and uh, and I don't remember if you wrecked and qualifying or practice. I don't remember what the scenario was, but Dale Jr. came over and offered you a race car for y'all to race. Is that is that true? Yeah, we were, uh, I think that was the first year for the COT cars. And uh, we had some suspension part come loose, which was my fault because I was the one that was the nut and bolted it and safety wired and I left one piece loose and that piece came off and uh we about almost killed Bobby Santos but uh wow. all, man, we you know the the car held up and it was it was a vicious hit he hit on his left side on the inside wall but uh right. it was okay and uh I went to the infield uh, center to check on Bobby and uh one of my guys called me and said Jim Jesus over here to holler he wants to talk to you I said okay let me I got to check on my driver first, make sure he's okay. Right. So I, think, I think Junior waited for like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and never moved, never left or my hauler waiting on me. So finally made it back over there, and he asked me, he said, do you have a backup car? I said, I said, no, we don't. Do you want one? I said, well, sure. <laughs> so well, after our last practice, you know, we had, they had, I think they had, I don't have any backup cars they had for all three of the four of their cars. But if we don't need it, said, so you can get this backup car. I said, great. So that all happened. We got it, and then uh, got it. You know, the numbers changed over fifty-two on it. And uh, what was cool about that is that Tax Slater stepped up and sponsored that car, that race. For, for you, for for, for 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 me, which you know, it all went to Jim. That's fine because uh, it really 
it wasn't a, a, a big loss to juniors because Stack Flair was was on the race car. Right. I, remember one of the, I think it was Tony Uri senior or junior, I don't remember, said, we'll bring that car back in a basket. Never got a scratch on it and finished 17th. That's pretty awesome, man. That's pretty cool. Man, it's, it's – well, well, what's cool about that, I asked Junior, I said, how many laps do you want us to run? I said, he said, run the whole dang race. I said, you can't make no money if you don't race. So <laughs> yeah, we got the purse, and he didn't want anything from it. And uh, if it hadn't been for that, I would have probably been out of racing. So that oh, that's wild. What a story, man. Is that wow. cool? I mean, I mean, driving for Rick Hendricks, needing a car – uh, to know that Jimmy left something loose and it fell off of that's that's why we don't, you don't really hear things like that. But uh, for Dell Jr. to come over and give you a race car, a complete race car, put a sponsor on it, give you the complete purse, tell you to run the whole race. I mean, that's unbelievable, man. That's that's really cool stuff, man. Wow. Oh, yeah. That, that's great to hear. So a few more things with you, Jimmy, while we have some time. Uh, you and David, we mentioned, have history going back a bit. And, David race for you. What do you remember about working with David and your time together? I don't think you want to hear want me to say all, all about that. Or not. Oh, we want the we want the cold hard truth. <laughs> oh, uh, man. <laughs> I always told him he was. I always told him he was the best fifty five year old driver out there. <laughs> he's way he's way off on my age. Way off. Uh, he wasn't that old there, but that's what I told him. Yeah. Now, you, you mean sixty, right? <laughs> Now, we had a good time, you know. Uh, we, 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 you know, we, we kind of struggled, you know, along the ways at some points, but we had some really good runs, and uh, it, it was a pleasure to work with. And uh, uh, just, it's a shame that uh, you know we couldn't have went on, you know, yeah. and running together. But it's all, you know, all economics and stuff. You know, that's a shame the way this sport is, but that's what it, you know it came down to. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool driving for Jimmy because I love the history of the sport. And, uh, you know, Jimmy has a lot of history. He's been doing it for so long. And, and uh, to be able to, to race for a legend like Jimmy and, and you know, uh, underfunded team. And, and uh, we had some good runs. You know, his cars were fast. They drove well. Uh, so, I, I, you know, it, it, it was fun. You know, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I, I think I got a lot more fans on my side because I drove for Jimmy, you know, he's got a big following. And uh, so that, it was a, really a, a neat opportunity and I appreciate it, Jimmy. It was cool. We, we did a lot with uh, not a whole, we did, a, we, I think we did a lot with not a lot of money to work with, you know, and that's, that's one of the things that people in our sport really respect about Jimmy. His cars run good. You know, and uh, if people knew, and most of the racing teams knew the type of money that he races on, they wouldn't even go to the racetrack, you know. And uh, so it's, it's cool to see a guy race as long as you did and, and own your own team as long as you have. It, it's really good, cool to see the longevity of Jimmy Means racing. You know, it's a pretty, pretty neat deal. You got to be proud of that. Yeah, we, you know, it's uh, been doing this almost 50 years, so. Wow. Uh, I guess if, I guess if I been successful at something else, I could have retired. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I still love to do it, and uh, especially when the car runs good. And you know, when you do, when you do, you know, it's like you running. You you know, you had a great run. I was kind of jealous at Homestead because that car was getting it done. I know it was a car. I didn't it wasn't you? The car was the car. <laughs> was, the car was awesome. Yeah, and he and he took it to the front. Oh. And, uh, 
Yeah, it's fun, and, and I know that uh, your race team felt really proud of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you outrun great cars, and yeah. uh, and you're doing it with, you know, like you say, we they spend money on ice a lot of times, and we got in our <laughs> in our budget to go race. So that's what. <laughs> Back in the day, Buddy Arrington, you know, one of the independents we raced with way back then, he just used to get so mad at the at the big teams, all the amount of ice that they waste. There'd be ten bags of ice laying on the ground, just just melting away. That make him so dang mad. Them guys waste so much money, and we run. But to be honest, we run off their droppings. And if it wasn't for the big teams, we couldn't run as well as we did. We couldn't even be in it, to be honest with you. But you know, this is the deal. We all feed off of the big teams, but if without we, there's no, we can't race without that, you know. Uh, big teams need us too. They, yeah. you know, twenty big teams can't run. You know, it's not a show. They need somebody to pass, and sometimes we pass them. So that's absolutely. what, that's what we do this for. Absolutely, yeah. And I good. think, and I think Jimmy's, you know, Jimmy's brought up a good point. When I raced for Jimmy, he, had, he, you know, a lot of people help him. You know, a lot of people want to help him, and he's he's got a big following and. A lot of respect in our industry for Jimmy Means, you know, and uh, that was cool. The, 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 you know, Hendricks and Childress and the relationship that Jimmy has, it's like, man, that don't just happen overnight. You know, that's, that's out of just a long career as a driver and a team owner. It's really cool. And, uh, you know, like, like, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. bringing you a car, giving you a car. It's, it's, it's a really neat deal. And it's cool that I, I don't know. I, I don't really know of anybody else that's done it as long as Jimmy has, and uh, and made a living doing it as long as Jimmy has. You don't. You just. It's uh, it's really unique, Jimmy. Uh, I mean, is there anybody that you can think of that's done it as long as you? I think maybe Richard Petty, AJ Foyt. Uh, you Dave know. Uh, yeah, but but Dave's Dave's been out of it a while. You know, when he retired, he wasn't a team owner. You know what I'm saying? You look at Kel Yarbrough and a lot of the guys that Jimmy raced against that were very, very successful, but they didn't go on to be successful team owners. They tr- maybe tried it for a year or two, and then they were out, you know. So uh, to, to race as long as you did and to have your have your own team, and not just your own team, Jimmy Means Racing is a winning racing team. I mean, you've won races before. You've had drivers that win races for you. So, uh, I mean, what a, what a great career, you know, unbelievable. And we've been fortunate to be able to, you know, be honest with you, since the first race car I had when I was – I started in 1970 as a driver. And since 1970, that car has always made a dollar. And if it didn't, I couldn't race. So I've uh, been fortunate that uh, it's always paid its way. I never not paid my bills. And I feel pretty proud of that. Uh, uh, that somebody said here a couple years ago, that they were picking up something for Jimmy Means. And he said, oh, he's one of the few that pays his bills. So that, uh, I think I've got a decent reputation, and, and, and I want to keep that. So when, it, when the day comes that I can't pay my bills, and, and I'm not going to race. Absolutely. All right. right. Well, one more question for you, Jimmy, before we get to our news and notes segment that I want to ask you here is uh, this year. You got Greg Golding in the car. Tell us about – this team that you have this year and having Greg behind the wheel? Well, we, you know, we started out this year and I've made a commitment to him because I, you know, the kid finished 13th in the points here a year or so ago. Uh, you know, we got to step our program up to, to as good a race car driver as he is. He is a good speedway racer, awesome road course racer. Uh, and we just got to put something under it. I'm, I'm really, this is probably the most pumped I've ever been 
uh, you know, it's the best driver I've had in my car since me. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, we can uh, just put something on him to, to, to prove how good he is. He's a great little race car driver, man. He's a good little race car driver. And uh, he's done a lot with uh, – with uh, he's done a lot, gotten a lot out of race cars that, that the race car wasn't there. And uh, man, I think it's going to be a, a, a great season for you. And it's cool to see uh, you have a little hot shoe up and coming race car driver in your in your race car. I, I look for I look for big things out of the 52 car with Greg with Greg Galding. And, uh, you know, the crew chief, you have Tim, man, every time I drove that car. Uh, thing drove well, handled good, you know, so y'all, y'all got a good program. So I, I think we're going to see the 52 up there, top 15, top 10, you know, with this, this little hot shoe driver you have. We, we hope that happens. We had a really good car at Daytona. We got in one of those wrecks that we shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been up there that early, but we were fast there. Really good at the Daytona road course and uh, lost our brace a little bit. And, uh, but we showed that he could, had something, you know, he, he could, he could, he could do that. So uh, we ran a top 10 a while. So, and, just looking forward, we got six more road courses, and and then I'm just uh, hope we can put something on them to, to, to show what he can do. Absolutely, that's great, that's yeah. great. guys. Uh, let's go ahead and get to this week's NASCAR news and notes segment. Don, let's start out by looking back at the Homestead race. William Byron gets into victory lane. Three first time winners, or three three different winners rather, in the first three weeks of the season. Well, I will say, Tyler, just to kind of back up what you just said, if we do take the average amount of wins between Big Dowell, Bell, and Al Byron, we have 1.33 career wins between the three of them. So we do have a lot of first time and a lot of newer faces coming to victory lane. But William Byron did lead the most laps at Homestead in the Dixie Vodka 400 on Sunday to capture his second career win. But I think big picture here, too, guys – this pairing with Randy Fugel, his crew chief that he won seven races with in that rookie campaign in 2016 in the truck series. seems like it's paying dividends very early in their relationship. David, go ahead. What, what do you think of uh, what Byron did on, on Sunday? Oh, you know, hey, you know, uh, his new crew chief and, and the past history they have. And, again, like we were talking with Jimmy to be able to have be friends with Rick Hendricks and uh, be able to have his phone number and, buy parts and pieces from him and you know the Hendrick organization that's they don't get much better than that in our industry you know so when you see the 24 car the 48 car you know it's not a surprise to me to see how good that car was yesterday I want I can't tell you that I was uh I was really impressed with Michael McDowell he ran really good all day long and that was kind of cool to see him back up that run yesterday because he won the Daytona 500 and Sometimes people say, oh, you know, but it was kind of cool to see him, how competitive he was yesterday. And also, Chris Boucher was really impressive the first half of the race. I don't know if it's what happened to his car later on in the race, but uh, it was a great race. And Kurt Busch was also impressive. Kurt, Kurt ran the top five all day long. I watched him and listened to him, and he had a, a tire going down or a loose tire towards the end. And uh, he pitted under green and was able to unlap himself and come back and have a great finish. But it's not surprising to me that what Byron Byron did yesterday, especially those Hendrick cars. And uh, I think we're going to see uh, at one point in time, it was, I think it was first, second, third were Hendrick cars, or they had three of the cars in the top five the whole race. I, you know, it was, uh, it's not surprising to me. Yeah. Jimmy, what did you make of uh, Sunday's cup race? Well, and, you know, it's uh... – I think that uh, 
Tyler Reddick's learned of uh, Kyle Larson's line, so <laughs> so it, it you know it uh, it was just also I just wish Tyler could have got that mounted that charge a little little sooner so he might have had something for him. Yeah, he was coming. He was coming at the end, man. He and he was on that wall, man. It was impressive to watch him, you know, and how fast he was. And I don't remember. I think his tires were just as old as everybody else. Was that right, Jimmy? I, I don't remember if he pitted. Uh, I don't. I don't remember. But man, he was strong at the end. Yeah, I just think he made. He said he he, he got on himself about making some some mistakes on the restarts that he wish he could go back and redo. And right. He, he just. Put himself in a hole, he said. It's just kind of hard to build to, to dig himself way out of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned Michael McDowell, three top tens to open up the season. Uh, David, I mean, is it, you know, a comparison wise, I mean, he, he's kind of driving in cup the equipment that you drive in Xfinity. Um, I mean, really impressive to see him week after week here back up what he's done. I mean, this is a, quite the start for Michael McDowell. This is, uh, this is something special that he and that front row team are putting together. And and it uh, looks like Roush Yates is back. Uh, it, it's been a while since we've talked about that engine department doing well. Right. Well, one of the things I want to say about uh, Michael McDowell, and Jimmy's going to talk about that because I, I want to say what they have done and, and their sponsorship they have, it looks like that they're getting the type of funding it takes to really have the right people and, and build great race cars. And, uh, you know, the Roush Yates motors are running, you know, I don't think that's hurting them a bit, you know, and, uh, but one of the cool stories, and I'm gonna let Jimmy share this with you. I think Jimmy was responsible for bringing in the owner, the, the guy that owns the uh, front row motorsports was partners with Jimmy. Jimmy got him into NASCAR racing. I could be saying this. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but we'll let Jimmy elaborate a little bit on that. Jimmy brought brought that, uh, you know, seemed like that Jimmy has a lot of history with uh, the owners there. Well, Bob Jenkins from Front Row Motorsports contacted me back when I was still driving, probably uh, 91 or 92, probably 92, and wanted to sponsor me at Bristol. And, uh, I told him what, you know, he said, what will it take? And I told him a number. And uh, I said, and at that time, uh, he didn't know, he worked for Taco Bell Corporate. He didn't own stores like he does now. Uh, he said, let me see if I can put that together. So uh, he called me a day or so later, said, I've got this much cash I can give you. And then, and then the rest of it, I'll have to put on a Taco Bell payroll for you guys to, to, make <laughs> up, to, 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 to come up to the sum that you want. I said, okay, that'll work. So uh, we, we had a uh, – he was uh, – put a lot of effort in trying to help me and find me sponsors, and, and he was part of our race team. And then he wanted to step up and, and to uh, – uh, we, we had Xfinity car together, and then he wanted to step up and uh, go to Cup, and he wanted to run that out of a different shop in, in, in Mooresville to be closer to everything. And I worked for him for – a couple of years, I think I was a uh, like a team manager and I spotted for him. And then uh, uh, I was standing up on the, uh, I was spotting at Talladega and I was standing up on the, on the, on the top of the building. And uh, I was counting all the Xfinity cars down there, or Bush cars, whatever we were then. And I said, they don't have enough for a field. So what am I doing standing up here? I'm going to get me another race car. So <laughs> oh, God, that's what I did. And, uh, I bought Bob out of his, his interest in, in our Xfinity car or our team. And uh, I stuck with Xfinity and 
he went on to in the did cup and uh put a lot of a lot a lot of his own money in it and uh, it's 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 gratifying to see that some of his fruits are coming to fruition and uh, i text him uh after he won the race that the the I always text him when he wins anyway, but I text him after winning the Daytona 500. I said, 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 Bud, you won the biggest one of them all. So congratulations. He texts me back. Says, yeah, Jimmy Maynes, you got me in this crazy crap. So. <laughs> Isn't that a cool story, man? Oh. That's amazing, you know. And it, well, Hey, Jimmy, I want to go back and ask you, so you had Taco Bell as a sponsor. Yeah, it was Taco Bell. It was like a regional deal. It wasn't – his office, I think – was around the Tennessee and the Bristol area. It wasn't. It wasn't corporate money. It was uh, something he put together at a regional regional store. But still, pretty cool to have Taco Bell on the race car. And did I hear you right? So he gave you cash, and then the rest, he he, your employees that worked for you, he was paying them like they were Taco Bell employees. Yeah, they got Taco Bell checks every week. <laughs> That's great. Is that cool? That's <laughs> That's hey, thinking man. outside the bond right there, you know. <laughs> hey, you do what you need to do to get things done, and that's he got it done. Absolutely, yeah, hey. man. Isn't that cool, yeah, Tyler? Man, that's pretty that's cool. Great. That's that's some good history, man, about Bob Jenkins. You know, Jimmy – actually, Jimmy's kind of responsible for bringing him into the Stank sport, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's Bob's too been, cool. Bob's been very, very successful. And, you know, he's a, a student businessman. I think he probably has – Three Taco Bell, three hundred Taco Bell stores of his own. Wow! And he has some uh, Long John Silvers, and 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 he's got a trucking company. So he's a quite the opportunity for here. Yeah, absolutely. That's Pretty cool story. Very cool, guys. We got time for our last segment before we get out of here today. It's our Ask David segment, where we ask you to submit questions to us on Facebook and Twitter at Star Podcast email. David Star Podcast at gmail.com. You can reach us there. We'd love to hear from you. And our first question comes from Teresa. She writes, David, are your boys following in your footsteps into racing? Well, uh, one of them is my oldest one who is uh, 11. Uh, you know, he's into, he's a big sports guy. He likes football, baseball, basketball. You know, he, he loves racing, but he's not passionate about it. Now, my little seven-year-old guy, Vance, Vancey, I call him, he's my racer. You know, we, we got him a little racing go-kart. He races a little bit here and there. But he, uh, man, he'll tell you all about Tony Stewart and Kyle Larson and, you know, uh, uh, a lot of the World of Outlaw guys. He just studies it. Every time I turn around, he's asking me about dirt racing. He watches it on his iPad and, and uh, he's like, Dad, I, 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 want a, I want a muddy race car with a wing on it. You know what I mean? He wants to race sprint cars, you know. So uh, I remember years ago we were at the go-kart track, and uh, he wasn't running the right line. They were kind of tearing – they were kind of killing him off the corner, you know, because of the way he was entering the corner. You know, he, he needed to, to, uh, to make the corner a little bit wider and keep the momentum in the center of the corner. And, man, I was out there, and I put cones out there, and I'm trying to teach him – and my uncle was there, and Mike said, man, for what you, what you need to happen is for your kids not to like racing. I'm like, man, what are you talking about? And he said, man, you're, you're going to always be broke. <laughs> you know, and uh, so little Vance wants to run a sprint car. So there's a, there's a goat car. There's a dirt, little dirt track west of the Texas Motor Speedway that races, you know, these certain types of go-karts that have wings on them. And uh, 
So, man, he's like, he just asked me uh, early today when he got home from school, Dad, when are we going to buy a sprint car? You know what I mean? So, uh, man, I'm, uh, you know, so he's going to be the one following my footsteps. But uh, but anyway, I'm saying, hey, let, let Daddy race a little bit more and we'll see what we can do. But, you know, I, I'm kind of holding him up right now. You know, like Jimmy was talking about earlier, you know, when he started, he was 20. I, I was 14. But, man, the kids start at six, five, seven years old these days. You know, it's amazing how young they are when they start racing, you know, and, uh, and they're really good, you know? So, uh, so anyway, every, every week, a week of months that go by that he don't have his little sprint car to go race at the little dirt track. He's, uh, he's letting me know that's for sure. So he's going to be my little racer. Okay. There you have it. Jimmy, uh, how about you? Uh, what, what's the racing like for your family? Well, the, my son did a little bit of racing early on, uh, uh, ran some uh, late models and ran uh, Hooter Pro Cup and stuff. Uh, but uh, he got married and uh, built a brand new house. And uh, I, my racing days were over. I said, uh, you got to want racing as much for yourself as I do for you. So uh, that was, I, I said, I, you don't want it as, hard, as, as much as I do for you. So uh He's a quite a fabricator, probably the best, one of the best in the business. So he's involved in racing uh, on, the, on the fabricating side. That's yep. cool. Well, you know, I'm still looking forward to the opportunity, David, when I get to come down to your racing school and you get to put me in a race car because I got a need for speed. <laughs> there you go, man. You, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome, man. It's, it's pretty awesome. And I'm kind of like Jimmy. What was cool about driving for Jimmy Means was uh, in knowing – how, how Jimmy was such an independent, built his own race cars, drove his hauler. He did it all. You know, he was a mechanic. Uh, I don't think he jumped out of his car during a pit stop, changed the tires, but, uh, but he did pretty much most of it, the passing and the desire, like he's talking about that Brad, Brad didn't have after he got married. Uh, you know, I, I love that man, you know, and to do it, Today, in today's world of NASCAR racing, I mean, you got to really want it bad for people like myself and Jimmy Means and a lot of other guys that we race with because, man, it's so hard. It's so tough. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's all economics. You know, you got to have sponsors. And, uh, man, it's right. just you, you spend every day just trying to get enough money to go race so you can give the money to the racing teams and they have a budget they can work on. But, man, you to, to be able to – to do that and want to do that because man, it takes, it's 24 seven trying to get enough money to do it. It's not easy. As you guys know, oh, uh, yeah. you got to be very passionate about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah. So, so, so Dominic, you know, I, I, if, if I could work anywhere besides the media or PR, I, I wouldn't want to be a driver. What about you? If you could choose any role you, you could be besides media or PR in racing. Okay, if it has to be outside of that, heck, I'd love to be the, behind the wheel myself, but I've never even gotten behind the wheel of anything at the local dirt track, but I am planning on changing that here pretty soon. So hopefully get to keep you all updated on that, but definitely would love to get back behind the or get behind the wheel of something besides a go-kart. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Last question for you. This one comes from Kirby. Kirby writes, uh, guys, what's the best advice you've ever been given? And who do you think for that? Who did it? What was the best advice and who did it come from? Let's start with you this time, Jimmy. Well, I'm going to tell you what Red Farmer told me about 47 years ago. He said, don't ever go to a race without your overcoat and your bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> 
What does that mean, Jimmy? You're, say that again? You don't don't ever go to a race without your overcoat and your bathing suit because you don't never know what the weather's going to be. <laughs> it holds true today. Yes, it does. Wow. That's interesting, man. He told me that 47 years ago, first time I went to Daytona. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. How about you, David? Man, there's been so many, you know, just, you know, so many. I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, I remember as a little kid growing up, my, I idolized A.J. Foyd. He had a car that raced at Myers Speedway where my dad was working with the guy named Ronnie Chelmy and Tony Bittenhausen Jr. And A.J. had a car there. And, and man, I, when A.J. would show up, I just – I kind of idolized him as a little boy. And then when I got old enough to be able to drive, I would do go hang out at his shop. And then I started racing late model dirt cars. And I'd go up there and just try to be friends with anybody that would be friends with me. You know, it was kind of a pest and in the way. And and a couple times, you know, I got to visit with A.J. And you want to tell him how wonderful you are and you're winning all these dirt races and – uh I remember one time he told me, he gave me some advice. He said, hey, man, you need to shave. You need to put on some cleaner clothes. You need to present yourself wet, uh, better. And uh, he said, man, you can win every dirt race all over the country. But, you know, if you uh, if you don't have sponsors and you don't present yourself well, you're never going to go anywhere, you know. And he said, uh, I remember him telling me that was like it was yesterday, you know what I mean? And uh uh, you know, why he was telling me, I don't even remember why, but I remember that like it was yesterday. And, uh, and that was, so that was a piece of advice uh, I learned from him, you know, cause man, I just, you know, when you're racing at the local dirt tracks and kind of like Jimmy was telling us that he raced Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, you know, we, when I was younger and started my racing, my dirt racing career as a young kid, we race on a Friday night and a Saturday night, man, I, I sure in hell didn't worry about what kind of clothes I was wearing or if I shaved or my hair was, you know, I just, I just, man, I love working on the cars and being at the racetrack. And, you know, I was kind of like a little redneck, you know what I mean? But, uh, but, you know, I was just so happy to doing it. But, uh, but anyway, I mean, there's been so much advice from a lot of different people, you know, a lot of times if you'll, if you'll just shut your mouth and listen to people talk, you'll learn a lot. You know, Jimmy Means is one of those guys. He's been doing it forever and, and the way he did it and, how he did it and the career he's had. I, I love hearing his stories. You know what I mean? But again, if you just, just yeah. listen to people, you learn so much, you know what I mean? It's amazing. Yeah. Dress for the job you want, not the one you have. As Abs they say. Absolutely. You know, what about you guys, man? Well, I don't know if it's the best advice I've received, <laughs> but it's the one that, that hit me the most recently that, that I've put a lot of thought into. And especially in this day and age, guys have, of cancel culture and everything. My dad, he told me a while back, he said, we give grace because we need grace. <laughs> and so I've been finding myself being more patient with people trying to, you know, let stuff go by and such. And just, you know, just remind me, you know, give grace because we all need it too. None of us are perfect. And, and uh, try to show that same grace we all need. So that's kind of what, what's hit me. I don't know if it was the best advice I received, but my dad, I know he's a pretty smart guy. You guys have met my dad. Uh, but it was something that certainly hit home uh, with me within the last several months, uh, especially in this day and age. What about you, Dom? Sure. No, kind of piggybacking off that, too. My brother, who you all met, too, on an earlier episode of Let's Go Racing, he's kind of my same voice in my corner. He's the one that's always telling me, you know, well, we'll think that out a little bit more. Hey, do you really want to do that? Or, well, let's weigh out the options. And I feel like 
maybe it's not one single piece of advice, but just seeing how he methodically looks at everything and how he's able to handle situations. It's inspiring to me. And like my grandmother, she bless her soul. She's 77 years old and she's somebody I look up to so much came from nothing and made the most of her opportunities and just look at how she treats people. And, and to me, that's inspiring to treat, especially it sounds so cliche, but treating others the way you want to be treated absolutely goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Amazing. Sounds like Jimmy B's. Jimmy said earlier that they didn't have a car until he was 20 years old. Y'all didn't have a car, Jimmy, till you were 20? That's right. Wow. Yeah. My, that's my amazing, first, man. My, in my yeah. first race car hauler was a bar truck to bar and trailer. All really? It was a race car, yep. Hey, I want, I want to ask one more question before we end our show because it, it's amazing. Jimmy once told me that they were traveling to a race and I think they were coming home from a race and the motor blew up in his, in his pickup truck or whatever his haul or whatever it was, but they actually unloaded the race car, pulled the motor out of the race car and put it in the tow truck to be able to get back to the race shop. Is that, is that true, Jimmy? Yeah, we were coming back from Pocono and that's when I still lived in Alabama. Uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, we dropped a valve. This is in the July, July heat. We got a record that pulled the – we had an open trailer and a box truck. And the, the record pulled us to the service station parking lot, and we took the motor out of the race car. We took the motor out of the, out of the truck with a, with a record boom, took the oil pan off of the truck motor and the oil pump, and took the oil pan off of the race motor because the race motor was a dry sump and the truck motor, you know, wet sump. And we put the pan on the race car motor, stuck it in the car, and we got home at nine o'clock. This all started at seven o'clock in the morning. Got home at nine o'clock that night. And all of this was to save a $200 record bill. Wow. To save I mean, $200 in 1977. Ain't that amazing, man? I can just sit here and listen to Jimmy's stories. I mean, that's, that's unheard of. And, and Dominic and Tyler, in today's world of auto racing, you know, it, it's, 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 it's economic, it's sponsorship, it's money. But a lot of us drivers, you know, obviously most of us, everybody pays, you know. And a lot of kids today, you know, you look at their racing careers and how they got there and what they've done and how they made it to NASCAR, you know, and their accomplishments. A lot of them don't have the stories that Jimmy Means has and all these other legends in our sports have, you know, because it's different, you know. Uh, you know, I like my good friend Brendan Gone that was a guest on our show before. Brendan, I'm straight out to tell you, I said, man, I, I don't know how to build an A-frame. I don't know about wedge and, and stagger and gear ratios. I don't have a clue about that. But what he does have is the, the ability to have the funding to be able to pay the racing team to drive the best race car and go race. You know what I mean? And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I think it's wonderful. But but a lot of times the kids today that have that or they have that ability to be able to pay and get the best team or however they are, however they grew up racing, they lose those stories. You know what I mean? It ain't like they stayed up all night long and built their race car and had to, you know, and, and slept for an hour in the race shop, got back up, started racing, started working again to be able to make it to the racetrack, load up the race car. You're really not finished with it, but you got to load it up and get to the racetrack. You know, I just think our industry has changed a lot over the years, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you you don't, you know, people don't, you don't find guys 
newer guys in our sport to have these cool, crazy stories that we hear from Jimmy Means. You know what I mean? It's like, man, that's unheard of. You're coming, you're coming home from a race, your motor blows up, somebody tows you to a parking lot, you hire a record to pull your motor out of your pickup truck, and then you pull the motor out of the race car and put it in the pickup truck to build it to finish up and traveling back to the race shop. I mean, that's just that's unheard of, man. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, yeah. Even to, you know, just uh, it's cool to hear those stories. You know, I, we could stay on here for hours and listen to all J what Jimmy's got to tell us, you know, all the stories he has. You know? I know, Jimmy, we're going to have to have you back at some point to tell us some more stories. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. Anytime, Jimmy, we'd be glad to have you on. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, real quick, David, uh, heading to Vegas, first race not in the state of Florida. Tell us uh, just real quickly, what's it going to take to have a good finish at uh, Las Vegas? Man, you know, the, obviously the driver's got to do his job. But, you know, you got to have a good car there. It's a fast racetrack, really bumpy in turns one and two. And, you know, it's a challenging racetrack. It's fun. I've won there before. But it's, it's, a, it's a great racetrack. It's fun. But, you know, you always want to have, you know, you always want to have a good run, you know. And for teams like Carl Long's team that I for and Jimmy's teams and some of the other teams that we operate on, not very big budgets for us, you know, all of us, we, we want to, if we can finish in the top 10, top 15, I feel like I want to pull into victory lane with the winner. You know, I think before my career is over, I'd love to pull into victory lane. They think you're an idiot, kick you out of sport for doing it. You know what I mean? But, you know, when we finish in the top 15, my team, Jimmy's teams, or, you know, a lot of these teams that really don't have a big budget to work on, it's uh, it's almost like a win for us. So uh, I'll be shooting to, to do the best we can do, and hopefully we'll we'll have just as good as the car we had last week. And you know, I know Jimmy Jimmy's will uh, you know he'll go there. He's got a hot little hot shoe race car driver, and uh, you know Jimmy, I tell you, they they want to finish in the top fifteen, top ten as they can. You know, so yeah. And, and Jimmy, you'll be uh, your team got the fifty two car with Greg uh, with with Golding on it. Uh, tell us real quick about you guys uh, heading into Vegas here. We, we certainly hope we can rebound from the Homestead race. We were we were terrible, probably the worst we have ever, ever been. And uh, I feel bad for, for Gray to have to drive something that we, we just – we were opposite from David. David had a, a hot rod. We, 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 we had a model T, man. We just – we had a slug. So we want to rebound from that and, uh, you know, so we can showcase what Gray can really do. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed after last week, and we re really want to improve on what we did last week. One thing, guys, one thing about Jimmy means when I drove for Jimmy, he understands as an owner, most a lot of these owners don't understand really, they understand the business of it, but they don't understand the racing side of it. And one thing about Jimmy, because Jimmy's been there and done everything that any of us drivers deal with today. He's been there and done that, you know. And one of the cool things it is about driving for Jimmy, he he understood, you know, he said, hey, man, if that thing won't get in the corner, you're not, not going to be any good, you know what I mean? So he understands what that means and, and knows that you don't have a good race car underneath you. I don't care, you know, if you're Richard Petty or A.J. Foyt, you know, it's going to be hard to drive, you know. So that's, that's kind of cool. It was working for Jimmy that he understood every aspect of it, you know. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Dominic, what's going on in the racing experts this week? Man, always our staff keeps us going. Justin Melillo, Jonathan Field, Nick Lewis, and Adam Kuhn. We, man, appreciate all you guys do for the website. We're going to keep doing our giveaways. Keep following us on Twitter, the racing experts. Keep looking for some NASCAR memorabilia. And, and David, we're actually doing some more giveaways 
with the Let's Go Racing social media pages. Why don't you tell us a little about what we got planned there? Well, hopefully, you know, uh, one of our sponsors, Waterburgers, has given us some some great giveaway items, uh, branded items. And uh, so hopefully we'll be giving away some stuff really soon. And uh, we just appreciate, you know, our listeners listening. They love, you know, love listening to Jimmy Means' stories and Mike Skinner's and all the guests we had, you know. So we appreciate all our listeners, you know, with one for them, you know, we don't really have a show, you know what I'm saying? So and I appreciate you guys, you know, because I, I wouldn't know how to do this, you know, and uh, – to build to interview people like Jimmy Means and Jeff Bodine and, you know, all the people we've had on. It's been pretty cool to, to hear everybody's stories and learn, you know, how they've gotten and, and how, you know, and their passion for the sport. So it, it's been a pretty cool deal, pretty neat deal. So I appreciate y'all. Yeah. And Jimmy, thank Jimmy, thanks for taking the time. I know you're, you're in, uh, you know, back in North Carolina. It's late and uh, we, we appreciate you uh, joining us, man. It's pretty cool having you on our podcast. I appreciate you having me. Hey, absolutely. We got to put the checkered flag on this show. Before we run, make sure to subscribe to Let's Go Racing with David Starr. New episodes out each and every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube as well. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. We would love to hear from you there. Also on social media, facebook.com forward slash David Starr Podcast, Twitter at Starr Podcast, and by email, davidstarpodcasts at gmail.com. For Dominic Aragon, David Starr, and Jimmy Means, I'm Tyler Tyler Jones saying so long. This has been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next week.